0: Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Just before we start the service, here are some announcements and things to know. During this time of worshiping online, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. First, you can give online through our website at StonebridgeSeeMe.com. Click on Online Giving. Second, you can give through your bank's bill pay option. Or third, by mail. If you'd like business reply offering envelopes sent to you please contact the church office our diaper drop-off event was a huge success last weekend a big thank you to everyone who participated with your generous donations stonebridge and the community pregnancy clinic are able to support many families right here in our own community stonebridge has a job opening for a student and family ministries director This is a part-time position and the job description and employment application can be found online on our website. Please help spread the word to your friends and family. If you have a hurt, habit, or hang-up that's keeping you from a joyful and productive life, perhaps Stonebridge Christian Recovery is for you. Meetings are now online every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Send an email to Barbara Waite to get registered. We would love to know that you're participating in worship each week. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship.
1: Hello and welcome to Stonebridge's online worship. I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Lucia. Today in worship, Pastor Neil will be challenging us to consider practicing solitude as a means for preparing the soil of our hearts for God's Word. So I thought it would be appropriate that we begin today in worship with words from Psalm 62 verses 5 and 6. Yes, our soul finds solace in God. Our hope comes from him. Truly, God is our rock and our salvation. He is our fortress, and we will not be shaken. Again, welcome to worship. It's great to
2: worship with you again. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, Thank you for an opportunity yet again to come into your presence, uh, Lord, to seek you, uh, to learn from you, from your word, to be inspired, to love, Lord, and to honor you with our praise. Father God, I pray that you would guide us by your spirit and teach us through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. could ever name above. With your heart and...
3: from Mark chapter 4 verses 2 through 9. Jesus taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear.
4: Hello Stonebridge. Hey, I wanna start by thanking you for your patience and your participation in following guidelines provided for us by uh, the state and the county of Ventura. Um, There are mask guidelines for gathering in an uh, open building or even outside. There are guidelines for how we can record Uh, The video that you're watching now and these guidelines change uh, Certainly on a monthly basis sometimes even more frequently than that and we're doing our best to follow those guidelines and uh, we want to thank you for Um, Being patient with us, even as we do outdoor communion, according to guidelines and uh, things like that. We are looking at other options. I want to let you know that uh, we're continuing to look at ways to do worship together and look forward to bringing you some of those ideas uh, as we develop them. Right now, I want to go back to where I was two weeks ago when we were looking at the parable of the farmer uh, who was sowing seeds in uh, his farm, and you've heard the text read. And uh, the question I want to ask us is: What do you do when you have so many things in your life that you you just can't keep it straight? There's no time, or energy, or resources to do anything well, um, and. We just try to do as much as we can, as as well as we can. We keep all the plates spinning, all the balls in the air, burning the candle at both ends, or what we might just say is living normal life these days. Well, everyone knows that this is a challenge for us. This crazy schedule that we keep, and what we know is that it's not good for the soil of our hearts and souls. It's not, our our, our hearts are not good growth environments for God's spirit when we're so crazy busy. But as I say, uh, it seems like everybody knows that that doing less and calming down and being quieter would be helpful. Uh, I was uh, watching a hockey game. It was actually on in the background and an ad came on for an app called Calm. And the app simply had a pretty screen, and it had the words, do nothing for 15 seconds. And then a little timer came on and clicked off 15 seconds, and it was silent. And then at the end, it said, buy this app called Calm. Calm. Do you know, that app has been downloaded 10 million times. There are people who understand That we've got so many things going on in our lives. We've got to find ways to calm ourselves, to have less in our lives. And that's where we go with the parable today. Uh, We talked about the first two uh, kinds of soil two weeks ago, and that was the path and the rocky soil. And today we talk about um, the weed or thorn-filled soil, which is just about being crazy busy, and and then good soil. And we'll wrap up with that. We said that there uh, are two primary lessons from this story that Jesus tells. And the first one is that our hearts have all four kinds of soil. So uh, these we'll mention, we mentioned them last week, we'll mention them again. In our hearts, we have compacted soil, which is tough, and that's that path that Jesus talked about, and rocky soil, uh, which is scorched because the heat gets to it and it's too shallow, and then we have thorn-filled soil, which I say is overstimulated, and then prepared soil, which is the growth-oriented soil we all want to have. So lesson one, our hearts have all four kinds of soil, and lesson two, our job is to prepare the soil of our hearts. That's our job. Uh, we don't plant the seed. God plants the seed. And we don't decide what the seed is. It's already determined. It's the Word of God, God's Word for us. And we don't grow the seed. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We None of us know how to make a seed grow. What we do know is how to make an environment for it, how to make the soil, the dirt, a positive environment that the seed can grow that's what our job is that's what we're able to do we do that by turning over the tough soil of uh, that's been pushed down uh, into becoming just hard pathways we take the rocks out we pull the weeds uh, and we fertilize and nu- put nutrients and water in this good soil We said that we have all four kinds of soil, um, just like a field does for a farmer. But it's a problem when too much of our soil is thorny soil or weed-filled. And so a thorn-filled soil, verse 7 says, "...other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plant so that they could not bear grain." And the solution is this, for an overstimulated heart, spend time in solitude. For an overstimulated heart, spend time in solitude. First, I want to say, not all weeds are bad. Not all thorns are bad. Not all the things that we put into our life, other than God's Word and spiritual things, they're not all bad. Many of them are good. Here's a picture of something called milk thistle. It, uh, by any other name, it's a weed, but it has uh, good things that it does. It supports liver health and promotes uh, skin uh, and bone health and boosts the immune system. So there's some good in it. And another thing is, um, we, we want to say why we say that having weeds is being overstimulated, uh, overstimulating means too much stuff going on. Soil has only so many nutrients, so many resources available to the seed and when you use it all up, that kind of soil is is no good anymore now so I want you to imagine that we're back out with that farmer in that field and he plants one wheat seed and there's a hundred dandelion, seeds that get blown in from outside what's going to grow the dandelions and when that wheat tries to grow up among them it's just going to get choked out and all the dandelion roots are going in and taking up all the space for the wheat roots and and sucking up all the moisture and the nutrients we say the heart is overstimulated with weeds um, because There are all four kinds of soil competing for those limited resources. We all understand how limited our energy is, our time, our resources. We only have so much. We use it on one thing, and we don't have it available for another thing. That's just the way it is. It's that way with thistles and wheat, and it's that way in our own lives, too. Here's a real-life example have you seen the documentary Free Solo? Here's a picture of somebody uh, free soloing. It means climbing a mountain, a, a cliff face with no harness, no ropes, no nothing. Make a mistake and you fall to your death. Uh, and the fellow in Free Solo uh, free climbed El Capitan in Yosemite in just a couple of hours, scrambling up that with, with no ropes or anything. And he had already done the face of Half Dome before that as practice. Uh, let me ask you this. How many things do you think that fellow had in his life that competed for his energy and his time and his resources besides free soloing? Oh, just about none. I mean, I don't think he had a job and he lived in a van and he ate, just protein-packed food that was high in protein and low in just about everything else. It wasn't very tasty or good looking, and even his relationships. He got, had a girlfriend in the in the documentary, and he had to really wrestle with the fact of giving over some of his time uh, and entrusting himself to her would take away from his climbing. He really focused. And uh, got all the things out of his life that would be distractions from it. So when we talk about weeds, we're not just talking about uh, weeds, but anything that uses up the resources inside us. Um, There are things in each of our lives that we may need to give up, perhaps temporarily, perhaps permanently, in order to have the resources we need for our spiritual growth. Giving up something good to be able to get something better. I have a personal example of giving up something good for something better. When I first became a full-time pastor and my first real full-time associate pastor position, I gave up golf. Now, I'm not gonna ask any of you to give up golf. Uh, But for me, it was important because I knew that I was going to begin to have a very busy schedule. I was going to work many nights at meetings, and certainly Sunday was all filled up. And I had two young elementary-age girls at home and a lovely wife, Carolyn, and they each had busy lives. Carolyn had a job. The girls had school and homework and friends. And I knew that if I was going to invest myself in them, if I was going to have time for those three most important ladies in my life, I was going to need to spend Saturdays with them. And I, giving up golf was not a sacrifice because I really didn't want to be spending four or six hours on Saturday away from my family when that was the only time I had for them. I had to let go of something good. Uh, in order to have something better. And as I say, I'm not asking you to give up golf. I'm not telling you to give up anything. Instead, I have one tool for you to use that can get at that weedy soil in our hearts. I'm not going to tell you legalistically or religiously or any other way. Here, you have to give up this or that. Let me just give you a tool that you can use that will help you look at all of those things in our lives, those things in your life. Some of them are weeds, some are thistles, some may be good, some may be bad. Which ones do you need to weed out? And here's the tool. Solitude. Solitude. Mark 6:31 says this: Jesus uh, said to his disciples, "Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while, for there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat." Doesn't that sound like our busy lives, our crazy lives? They didn't even have time to eat, and he said, "You, here's what you need to do: you need to get into some solitude. You need to take a step back." As some of you may be thinking, "I am too busy." To make time for myself. It feels selfish to me. Or I just can't sit still. Uh, I need to be productive. But I want to say that um, solitude increases empathy and productivity. And it sparks creativity. And it gives you an opportunity to know yourself and to make plans for your life. The idea is to be alone with God. And that might look like prayer or reading his word or maybe having a devotional or some other spiritual book. You know, there are people in the Bible who spent time in solitude. Moses and Elijah and Jacob and, of course, Jesus all spent time intentionally apart from others in solitude. And here's something that's directly related to our point about weeds we can use solitude as a way of distancing ourselves from all those distractions in the world and acknowledge the interior nature of our hearts and hear God speak to us. And as we know ourselves better and we have a more clear plan for our lives, we can see and God can show us what are the weeds that need to be removed. What thistles may be better off, eliminated, at least for now. Here are three ways we can spend time in solitude. Or or maybe three rules of thumb as you try to do it. Number one, start with 20 minutes. Now people spend sometimes long periods of time in solitude. But for most of us, with all the inputs and all the things going on in our lives, 20 minutes. And if 20 minutes feels too long, try 10. But just start with that short period of time. And number two, do something while you're alone. Uh, Don't try to just sit still in your room and and focus on God. Uh, You'll last a minute. I often take a walk. Or people spend time gardening. It's doing some things that don't take a lot of mental energy, but allow you to be doing something with your body, uh, to be moving, to be active, even exercising. Uh, Or even sitting at a park and counting ducks. doing something while you're in solitude. And number three, engage God. We need to spend some time engaging God while we're in solitude. Uh, And we do this by thinking about the things that are important to us. Then ask God, what weeds are choking out these important things in our lives? What good or possibly negative things in our lives are using up our limited resources so that we can't focus them on the most important things of our lives. Many times I stood at a particular spot in nature uh, and was alone with my thoughts and with God. Um, You know, as you know, I have sought to bring kindness into my messages and into my conversations and into the world as an expression of God's love for this time in our nation. Well, that understanding and passion for kindness came partly out of times of solitude, when I reflected on God's word and I reflected on my own passions and interests. And, and when I did that, it, kindness and the need for it grew within me, and I've set aside other things to focus on kindness. That's the benefit of giving ourselves some time of solitude. I was able to pray for direction and get clarity, which leads to our last uh, final kind of soil, and that is prepared soil. Verse 8 says, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And we said that uh, those kinds of uh, multipliers, people expected to have it. God expects us to grow. He said 30 times. That was just a normal crop. If you planted wheat, you probably got a 30-time uh, uh, resp- uh, feedback. feedback. You, you got that much more growth. 30 times what you put into it. Sometimes in a good year, you'd get 60. And then sometimes in an amazing bumper crop year, you might get 100 times growth. God expects us to grow. And so, for a growth-oriented heart, pray with pen and paper. For a growth-oriented heart, pray with pen and paper. All right. So what does that mean? Well, let's first think for a minute about what prepared soil would look like. What is prepared soil? What are the properties of it? So let's leave the farm behind for a minute and let's go into our kitchen and let's just think about getting a paper cup filled with dirt and we're sticking a little seed of some kind into that dirt and putting a little bit of water into it, and we know that it's the perfect nutrients for that particular seed. And then after we put the water in it, we set it in the window so that it gets sunlight, uh, has the right amount of water, sunlight, warmth, cold, and it is completely prepared to be the best growing environment for that particular seed. That is what we mean by prepared soil. It's designed for growth and has the right nutrients, the right fertilizer. Everything's right about it. And then here's here's an important question. What happens next? Do we do anything else? No. In fact, the most important thing we can do is leave it alone because the seed has to grow. The seed puts out a tiny little root and it takes up some of that nutrient and some of that water Uh, And some of that sunlight from way up above and it puts out more roots and they get stronger and then pretty soon it puts out a shoot and that shoot makes its way up out of the dirt and into that sunlight. And during all of this time, what has the dirt done? Nothing. The dirt can't make the soil grow. In our hearts, our heart soil can't make the seed grow. Soil provides the environment that is perfectly designed for seeds to grow. And then God and His Holy Spirit work and do the growth part in us. The growth is in the seeds. Having prepared the soil, we now can prepare ourselves for that seed of God's work to send its roots down into our hearts by praying with pen and paper. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that we sit quietly with a pad of paper uh, and a pen or a pencil and we pick a topic that we want the seed of God to touch in our lives, in our hearts, and we begin to write about it. It could be challenges that we face right now, challenges to growth like the busyness of our lives or our fear about the pandemic or too many competing activities in our lives. Or it could be hopes and dreams that we have for ourselves, uh, for a relationship, for a job, for our family members. And instead of just praying and, and asking silently in our heart, asking God to bless us or to do something, um, we use our pen and paper. And here's what a great way to start. Lord, and you write this down, Lord, I'm thinking right now about how many competing areas I have in my life. And then I begin to list them and when that runs out I write a question Lord is there one of these that is more important for me to keep one of these competing areas of my life than others and I listen for that and I write down anything I think anything that comes to mind and then I ask a question by writing the question down Lord is there anything of these that I should let go of any weeds I should pull in order to make room and time for the more important things and we list those things and write them down all the while in an attitude of prayer now i just want to say this isn't simply journaling uh, though it has elements of that it is prayer with pen and paper now the reason this kind of prayer works uh, is a, a pretty impressive reason Because it makes our heart available to God's Spirit at the speed of the thoughts we can think clearly. And the seed of His Word can get down into those thoughts when we slow them down. So, scientists tell us that the average person has about 60,000 thoughts a day. Wow. And uh, the mind works at about a thousand words per minute. But our hands, uh, when we write, the mind slows down to about a hundred words a minute. I I, I mean, it's like a a snail crawls, it's like a turtle uh, walking. Our mind slows down so much when we try to write it out. But this allows thoughts to be recorded more deeply It also creates space for deeper and higher thoughts to emerge. And a new level of awareness awakens, and this supports a more focused, creative thinking and prayer process. So we take those multitude of thoughts, and the ones that speed through our minds at a thousand words a minute, and we slow it down to those hundred words per minute as we begin to write. So, a personal example, I was about six months from graduating from Fuller Seminary, and about six months from being ordainable as a pastor, and my gosh, I must have had 60,000 thoughts a day just about what am I going to do after graduation? What church am I interested in? What's my family going to do? Are we going to have to move? All kinds of thoughts. I'd been talking to churches, and I'd been talking to my wife Carolyn about churches. So I sat down in a quiet place, and I took out a yellow pad, and I began to pray with pen and paper, and I just wrote something like this. Lord, I'd like to talk to you about what I'm going to do after I graduate. And then I paused for a moment. I got to tell you, the next 30 minutes flew past. I could hardly keep up with writing. I was thinking so quickly. And then I would have long pauses of listening to God and then trying to capture some of that. It's trying to squeeze a thousand words a minute into a hundred words a minute. Oh, my gosh. At the end of 30 minutes, I was both exhausted and exhilarated. I had experienced God in a way I hadn't before. I had new insights and commitments. I had things to share with Carolyn and things I could talk to churches about and things that I needed to hide in my heart and process by myself. I really felt like the seed of God's word had found Uh, good soil, a good environment for growth. And that seed of God's Spirit sent down roots into my heart that that are still growing today. Some of the things about my ministry today were planted in that prayer time, oh, 20 or more years ago. Listen, a farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. Some fell on rocky places. Other seed fell among thorns. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. God has growth He wants to produce in your heart and life. Are you preparing the soil of your heart to be that best environment for growth? For those that have ears to hear, let them hear. Amen.
2: take you at your
1: We end today's worship where we began. We remind ourselves of God's word again from Psalm 62 verses five and six. Let us receive these words as our closing blessing. Our soul finds solace in God and our hope comes from him. Truly God is our rock and our salvation. He is our fortress and we will not be shaken. Go in peace.